Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. If you're new here, welcome. If you are an OG listener, welcome back. Just a reminder, this podcast started because I, as a full-time blogger, at the same time was very interested in meditation practices, energy healing practices, and expanding my consciousness. And I noticed that the more I did that, the more I did Qigong and Reiki and learned about crystals and started really using these things in my life, the more successful my business was becoming, the more aligned I was feeling, and the more fulfilled in general my life was occurring to me. So this podcast is an exploration of how do these personal development spiritual energetic practices impact our lives and our businesses and how can we translate that into the world of digital media and specifically social media to manifest any of our dreams and anything that we want to bring into reality. I know it's possible. I've done it using Instagram. I've created a blog called Breakfast Criminals that has been nominated for different awards and has taken me around the world and has given me partnerships with Total dream brands that I didn't even think I could work with, like a cereal box cover deal. I'm on Kashi Golin in every deli and Whole Foods and Trader Joe's around the country. And brands like Vitamix and Google and many others. Anyway, this episode is not about me. If you're curious to hear more about my story, scroll all the way down, listen to episode one. It's a super short one, but it gives you a better idea of where I'm coming from and what the intention of the podcast is. This episode is about crystals, and it so happens that me and my partner, Eric, who is my business partner in our project called Crystal Criminals, if you want to look it up on Instagram, it's these intentional, beautiful crystal grids and crystal art, and we are right now, as this episode comes out, in Denver, gem hunting, mineral hunting, and talking to other crystal lovers and creating content. And it so happens that this week's guest is Ashley Levy, who is one of the original crystal queens that I know. And Eric introduced me to her as the founder and educational director of Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. They have a lot of amazing online education about crystals, and they're on a mission to share the power of crystal healing with people all over the world. Ashley is here to teach you about using crystals to make positive changes for yourself, your friends and family, your clients. That applies whether you're new to crystal healing or an experienced practitioner. The cool thing about this podcast is that if you're into crystals, you're definitely going to learn more about that and soak in your passion. If you're not into crystals, you're actually going to learn a lot about intuitive entrepreneurship and how Ashley built this global educational business while also running a shop. So some of the things we talked about are running a spiritual business, building a team, and choosing projects that feel aligned. We talked about ancestral wisdom, how your personal spiritual and human journey translates into your business and career journey, and how those two are ultimately very much interconnected and constantly impact each other. So you can't really separate one from the other. And I'm sure you know what I mean. When you feel amazing about yourself, for example, when you're in love, and there's a whole episode actually coming up on how love and the feeling of love can impact you as an entrepreneur and make you more successful. Anyway, back to this episode, we of course talked about the role that social media has played in Ashley's business and its success. We talk about using crystals to accelerate your awakening and to activate your consciousness. We also cover how to make something you're really passionate about and something you really love a viable business and how to really live your purpose. We also talked about psychedelics and crystals and what they have to do with each other, if anything, and how Ashley started selling her crystal educational courses totally bootstrapped and how in her first year she made $5,000 a year off of that and the following year she made five times more than that, so $25,000. And one of my favorite parts of the conversation is that 
Ashley has a very non-dogmatic approach to both crystals and business. So this is super inspiring conversation. Keep listening. And if you enjoy it, screenshot it and share it with me on your Instagram stories. I can't wait to hear what you're taking away from it. Tag at Woken Wired and at Love and Light School. That's Ashley's handle. And if you want to get a peek into what we're doing at the Denver Gem and Mineral Show, like standing with five foot amethyst towers and putting our heads in them and touching them and getting charged up, then definitely check out Crystal Criminals on Instagram and tune into the stories. Ashley, so we got connected through my boyfriend, Eric, and my business partner in Crystal Criminals. And as soon as he reconnected with Crystals and started really making art with it, he started reaching out to people that he loves the most. And you were actually the very first. I don't know if he connected with that many after you, but he DM'd you on Instagram and then came to me and said, oh my gosh, Ashley, she's so amazing. I have this Skype call set up with her. And so then a few days later, he was on Skype with you for about four hours talking about crystals, energy, <laughs> healing, and everything in between. And I'm excited to have you on my podcast, Woken Wired, to talk about all things consciousness, healing, entrepreneurship, especially how entrepreneurship and technology and social media plays into your journey of being a crystal entrepreneur and a healer. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me here. And it was so fun to get connected with Crystal Criminals. And it was so nice just to kind of meet a kindred soul and Eric and someone just as passionate about crystals as I am. And we, yeah, we definitely had a lot of fun, kind of a late night <laughs> crystal party, <laughs> just hanging out and talking about our passion. So that was, that was really great. So I want to jump right into it. Your Instagram bio says, Love and Light School of Crystal, Sign up for a free chakra crystal healing class and learn to get balanced and aligned with crystal energy. That sounds fantastic. And I want to know what it actually means and what do you actually do on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, so I love my job so much. <laughs> you know, like when you're a kid growing up, people tell you all these things you can be. They tell you you can be a firefighter or a ballerina or even maybe president of the United States, but no one tells you that you can be a crystal healer and that you can have your own business doing something that you're really passionate about. And, you know, kind of on a day to day, I get to do a little bit of everything, everything that I really truly love. I get to write a lot, which if you would have asked me 10 years ago, I don't think I would have said that it was something that I enjoyed. But I think I've really discovered in myself that if I can write about something I'm really passionate about, I'm, I'm not too bad at it. <laughs> And I really enjoy that aspect. I get to connect with all of my customers. We do a lot of things in our student Facebook group. So that plays a big part in our community outreach. So I get to do a little bit of teaching and speaking almost every day at this point. I get to connect with amazing people like yourself in the healing arts community and wellness community. And that's really rewarding and fulfilling because there are so many people out there doing amazing things. So it really helps kind of fuel my own passion by seeing what other people are doing, what kind of keeps them motivated and producing tons of content, as you can imagine, in any kind of modern business that is online. There's just a lot of content creation, whether that's you know, taking photos for Instagram or recording videos for Instagram TV or Facebook, even just coming up with some social posts or replying back to messages from our customers or potential customers. There's just so much to kind of keep you on your toes and keep you busy. But I love it because you can kind of create a routine that's really well grounded too. So it's something I really enjoy. And it's just been kind of ever evolving over the past, well, more than 10 years now. Wow, you were one of the crystal OGs for sure. <laughs> so before we get into your story of your love affair with crystals, I want to just give the listeners a better glimpse into what the business is. So, you know, there's an online school, there's content, there's products. What's the actual breakup of the business? Yeah, so primarily... Our mission at the Love and Light School is to provide online training and education in all aspects of crystal healing. So this might be crystals combined with feng shui, 
crystals combined with reflexology or massage or Reiki. But we're really crystal centric. And I'd say about 95% of our business is about providing online education. So we have a flagship program that's our crystal healing certification program. We open that for enrollment twice a year. We have some smaller programs and standalone classes that are available on more of an evergreen basis. And just this year, we've really expanded our line of physical products that are kind of supplementary and create a little bit more of a connection with our students. They're they're tools and items that really go a long way to helping someone with their crystal healing practice because we are training other people how to be crystal healers. So they're just really tools that kind of support that journey. And we've had a lot of success with the physical products so far. It's a little bit different aspect of the business for us because primarily we are focused on info products. So it's been kind of an exciting little plot twist. And we're even working on a monthly membership program right now that will be released in the beginning of 2019. Wow, a lot of things going on. Always. (laughs) So here's what I'm really, really curious about. It is one thing to be interested in crystals and in healing and go on retreats and sit on mountaintops, but it's a whole other thing to actually take it on as your career and as your life calling and then surround yourself with like-minded people and build a business and a company, a successful one and a global one out of it. So, you know, what was your journey from the first course you released to where you are now? You know, this is so funny. I was actually just sharing this with some of my students yesterday because for our students who have gone through our whole certification program, we have a little bit of a a spiritual business boot camp training that we offer to people. And I was kind of sharing my journey over the past decade just to show the growth of a business. So I just happened to come across last week totally by accident while I was doing a search in my email the very first email I ever sent out about a course that we offered. And this is like, I'm going to just totally get raw and real here and tell you, I was totally not doing things the right way 10 years ago. I was absolutely not. But I was figuring things out. I was trying to see how this all worked. And so I came across this email that I sent out 10 years ago to my email list, which at that time was pretty much made up of a few of my crystal healing clients. And then I had been doing in-person workshops and retreats in my local area. And I had a few people on my email list from all of those. So probably like 30 or 50 people total on my list. Mm -hmm. I had no idea you had to send things from, you know, an actual email software. So I was sending these little newsletter updates from my Gmail account, which as most (laughs) of your listeners know, that's like a big no-no. You never want to do that. But this email was about my very first course that I was making available distantly. And it was so far from where we are now. This very first course was $25. It was an email correspondence course that I would literally manually email PDFs to people who signed up through a PayPal button on my free website. So it was a far cry from where we are today. How did that launch go? It wasn't great. (laughs) But But you kept going. Yeah, I did. So that first year with that product, I made $5,000. And I was still working a full time job. I was going to school part time. I wasn't really sure like where all this crystal stuff was leading me yet. But I felt like and this might sound crazy. But I felt like after I made that first $5,000, at that time in my life, that was like something, you know, that was something real to me. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work a little harder at this. And the next year, I started to offer just a couple little mini classes here and there that I did through video, almost like in a Skype type situation. And that year I made $25,000. And that was the year that I knew, okay, I can really do something with this. Wow. So I want to rewind a little bit back from, first of all, how did you get into crystals? Yeah. Well, that really started when I was a little girl. I spent a lot of time with my grandparents in the summers and sometimes after school during the school year. And my grandfather is really interested in anything that has to do with the natural world. And this might sound super nerdy, but I love this about him. He would do things like track the migration of geese at this specific pond. Oh my gosh, I love that. (laughs) He would catalog all the native plants that grew in the area. And one thing, he had this huge collection of minerals up in his study. And so when I would go spend afternoons with grandma and grandpa, 
he would take me up to his study and show me his crystals and minerals and tell me about where they came from and what was special about them and their chemical composition. He was a chemical engineer by trade before his retirement. So I loved that. And he gave me a book when I was in the third grade, and it was the Smithsonian Guide to Crystals and Minerals. And I remember looking through that book, and the thing that was so interesting and really captivated me where there were these little blurbs that would talk sometimes about the legend and the lore of crystals throughout history. And that opened up like a whole new world for me, just realizing that crystals had been used by humans for other things than just industry. They had actually been revered for their energy and their beauty. And so I just, from there, really had years of self-study, reading everything I could, watching videos online, all that kind of stuff. But I took my first professional crystal training in 2007, really just for myself, for my own spiritual exploration. But it was such a transformational workshop for me. It was this retreat that totally changed my life. And I, from that moment on, I kind of knew that this was something that I had to bring to the world in a bigger way. Tell me more about that training slash retreat. What was that experience about? So that was... Back in 2007, it was here in Madison, Wisconsin, where I live now. And it was with this amazing intuitive medium who came from Chicago. Her name is Akia. And she taught Melody's Love is in the Earth laying on of stones workshop. So if you really want to talk about the OG crystal people, Melody, the author of the Love is in the Earth series of books, came out with the, the this really transformational book in the crystal world in 1992 I believe it was it was one it was actually the very first crystal book that I ever read and so when I found out that Melody's method of crystal healing was going to be taught at this retreat I knew I had to go and it was this combination of crystal work with shamanic practice with almost like a little bit of psychotherapy and soul healing on so many levels and I had experiences of past lives in that workshop. I had deep physical body healing in that workshop. And this was something that I think deepened my connection to crystals and what they could really do in our lives more than anything else ever has. And I still find going on these kind of deeper retreats where you totally disconnect from the outside world and immerse yourself in the energy of stones is one of the best ways to really learn about them. And so that for me was really the turning point. I had these experiences that were so profound and I knew that I wanted to share that with other people. I wanted to create that in the lives of other people. And at that time, I really thought that would be through being a crystal healing practitioner and actually providing sessions. And so that's actually where my business started. But it kind of grew and progressed. The more I did sessions, I realized, you know, I would spend the end of just about every session teaching people how they could use crystals on their own. I, it was like I didn't want them to you know, be dependent on seeing me. And I, I'd always been kind of a natural teacher. And I loved getting to share my experiences and what I had learned about how to use crystals with my clients so they could do these things between sessions. And I just found that I enjoyed that part of it so much more. And it really inspired me to get out there and start teaching people in my own retreats and workshops. And from that point, it just became this mission for how do I get this out to more people? And how do I share this with people on more of a global scale? And luckily, around the same time, online courses and the internet and video were really kind of coming together to create something really special. Wow. So were you into different healing modalities and energy practices before you got into crystals? Or was it just crystals from the beginning and you knew that was that for you? You know, I've always been into lots of different spiritual paths. Like when I was, you know, growing up, we weren't, my family was not religious by any means. My mom was always really encouraging of my brother and I to seek out different spiritual paths. So for me, I was always encouraged, like, go to a Catholic church, go to a Baptist church, go to a synagogue, go to a Baha'i temple, go to a Buddhist meditation group. Like, I had all these amazing experiences that really pushed me on my spiritual path. And I think for me, that mind-body-spirit connection became apparent at a pretty young age. So meditation was always very important to me. I was always really interested in learning about different healing arts modalities, whether that was reflexology and acupressure, 
or something like just working with nutrition and understanding how food influences our bodies, or even looking at something like feng shui. And a lot of these things just became part of the way that I was living day to day. But crystals for me were like that bright, shiny thing that caught my attention more than ever. And I I don't know if that was because of that connection I had to them as a kid that really rekindled that passion and made it my central point of focus, or if it was something a little deeper than that. I think it was just that for me, having these physical things as a reminder to create more stillness, to call in what I needed in my life as a point of focus for what I wanted to create, not only in my life, but in my mindset and in my physical body. It just resonated for me like nothing else really had up until that point. But there was definitely a big influence that came from, I think, that early diversity in spiritual practice and also that kind of natural interest in mind, body, spirit, health. First of all, big shout out to your grandpa. (laughs) I had a really amazing grandpa too. And, you know, he died when I was a teenager. And I, since then, every single year, the month of his death, he comes to me in my dreams and gives me different guidance. And only now that I'm getting deeper in my own spiritual path and that I'm doing more work with crystals, with crystal criminals, with Eric, and, you know, just stepping more deeply into this work, even though I've been into it for many, many years, and really owning it and naming it and stepping into my own power has been more present than ever. And lately, Eric and I have been watching a lot of Gaia TV documentaries about crystals and psychedelics and spiritual evolution and pyramids. And I'm realizing that my grandfather did all these things, all these things that everyone's talking about now about consciousness, all the things I'm getting into, he was into back then. He had a whole box of crystals that I actually didn't know about growing up. I only found out last summer when I went back to Russia and my grandmother met my boyfriend and my boyfriend said how much we're into crystals and we're here to buy a lot of shungite because shungite is, is very abundant in Russia. And then my grandmother grabbed her hair and she was like, oh my gosh, I wish I knew years ago when he died that you guys would be into crystal because I had a whole box of these really rare unique crystals he had been collecting his whole life. And I just gave it away to someone who asked for it. So he was into crystals. He was into foraging mushrooms. He was into pyramids and charging his water with intentions and with with different things. And I think it's so cool to just look back and see these ancestral connections and how we take them and use technology and use what's available to us to really amplify that message that's in our DNA. That is such a beautiful story. I'm so glad that you shared that because I think, you know, for many of us now, we do have these connections with our ancestors and in our family lineage, with things that we maybe never really put much value on, maybe until like right now at this moment when the world needs it so much. It's so interesting that you shared that. I was just thinking a few weeks ago how, you know, when I was growing up, my grandmother would tell me all these things about plants. And I just thought everyone's grandma was like that. I just thought (laughs) that was something that they did. But I realized now she was sharing so much folk medicine that I never put much value on until kind of just the last few years of my life, realizing just how much knowledge and wisdom she really had. I think it's amazing what our family is able to teach us. And sometimes we don't, we don't take those messages as seriously at first, but you know, yeah, people should really tune into that guidance and wisdom from our elders. I love that. Yes, it's coming up really strong. We talk actually more about it in a previous episode with Jason Scott. There's a whole episode on mushrooms and medicinal mushrooms and foraging. And the mushroom that he recommends, he's a mycologist, and he recommends a mushroom that's best for entrepreneurs and for being clear and determined and present as a business person. Ooh, I can't wait to listen to that one. Very excited to release that one. Anyway, but back to crystals. So you've mentioned plenty of times working with crystals, being certified in working with crystals. What exactly do you mean by that? And what was your story of how you worked with crystals when you just started and how it is that you work with them now? 
Yeah. So the certification is really interesting because I get a question a lot from people. And I realize in the healing arts community, the idea of a certification is sometimes a turnoff, especially in an industry where we so strongly value intuition and listening to your own inner guidance about working with stones and not necessarily turning outward to someone else as a guru who, you know, has all the answers. And I think that's one thing that was really important to me in creating this program was that it gave people kind of a platform of knowledge, but that it also really encouraged them to develop their intuition, to listen to their own inner guidance and to know that there's not one right or wrong way to work with stones. And so I get a question a lot, well, do you need to be a certified crystal healer to offer crystal healing sessions professionally? And the answer is absolutely not. But for some people who may be in an area of the country that really values that idea of having some formal education or training and having a school that kind of stands behind you as a graduate, that can be really important, especially people like massage therapists who are integrating this into their current massage therapy practice, where there are a lot of these kind of set standards and guidelines for training and continuing education already. And in other areas of the world, crystal healing is more regulated, like in the United Kingdom, and you do need to have some type of professional education and training to kind of back it up. Because really anyone can call themselves a crystal healer in the United States. We have no regulations about that. So the idea behind this certification program was to teach a methodology that I felt gave people a really sound amount of practical knowledge before they began working with clients. So we talk about everything from anatomy and physiology to ethics to how to balance and align chakras to emotional healing with crystals. It's really kind of an all-encompassing program. And so do you need a certification? No. But is it helpful to kind of give your clients peace of mind or to give your potential employers peace of mind? Absolutely. So for me, this journey started with that Melody's Love is in the Earth workshop. That was my first professional certification. But I've since taken well over a 100 different crystal healing trainings. And for me, this is like, I'm just like a little sponge. I always have to learn more. And at first, this was because I wanted to learn all of the most cutting edge techniques that I could so I could best serve my crystal healing clients. I always wanted to learn more because the more I worked with people, the more I realized just how truly different we all are and just how energetically unique we all are. And there's not necessarily kind of a one size fits all approach to crystal healing. And so by studying with different teachers like Naisha Asian of the Crystal Awareness Institute and Judy Hall, who wrote the Crystal Bible series of books, Dale Walker of the Crystal Awareness Institute in California. I, I just learned so much from those who kind of paved the way before me. And I found that by taking all of this knowledge and integrating it and being able to call forth and pull out the parts that each individual client really needed, I became a better healer. And so as my personal practice continued to develop and you know, I went from offering crystal healing sessions to people to offering sessions and keeping a little bit of time at the end of the session for teaching to then teaching in-person workshops and retreats and then moving those classes online. I really found that we all are looking for the same thing. We're looking for some guidance to validate what we already know on the inside. We're looking for that boost of confidence to almost give ourselves permission to work with these tools in the way that feels right to us. And so that was for me, I think the biggest motivating factor behind kind of how this all developed. But in my own spiritual practice and my own work with crystals and my clients, I found that, you know, a lot of people would come to me for physical issues like fertility support or pain relief. And then I had a lot of people who came to me for issues that were more emotional or spiritual, people who just felt really disconnected from the world around them. And the great thing about crystals is that they're so adaptable and they can really work to rebalance the energy in someone's system so that regardless of how they're experiencing that energetic imbalance, whether they're feeling that it's physical or they're feeling that it's spiritual or emotional, the crystals have that ability 
to help them bring that energy back into balance and take charge of their own healing. So first of all, what really resonates is what you're saying about your approach being more intuitive and there's no one size fits all. I totally, totally relate to that. And that's exactly how we teach our crystal criminals workshops. And I, I love that you're bringing pe- crystals to people and you're making it more accessible through saying, you know, this is what generally it's supposed to do, but use your intuition and be present and be in your experience and allow it to speak to you, right? Um, yeah, that was the things I loved about chatting with Eric was he was so on that same wavelength of empowering other people to right. work with crystals. Right. And what you also said is, Using crystals as this like physical manifestation and tangible object that confirms what you already intuitively know. So can you speak a little bit more to that? Yeah, I mean, I think that somewhere inside of us, we all have this natural connection with the universe because we are the universe. We are all interconnected. We're all part of the one. And so inside of us lies this inner knowing And some people call this mass consciousness. Some people call this the subconscious. Some people call this the higher self. However you label it, we all have this connection. And I feel that crystals, in a way, activate our consciousness. They reawaken us to this knowledge so that we can call it forth and work with that information, work with these healing tools, these tools of light, in a way that moves us forward in our lives. And I don't mean moves us forward toward a goal. I more mean this concept of reawakening and reconnecting to this bigger whole, to this larger concept of what it means to be part of the universe. And crystals for me have been this catalyst that has started this reawakening. And sometimes this is really exciting Sometimes this is a little overwhelming and scary. For example, I remember when I really first started to kind of work with stones in a super deep way. I was meditating with my crystals almost every day, learning everything I could about my own personal relationship with them. So meaning like when I meditated with them, what came through for me? What parts of my body called my attention? Did I receive any messages from either my higher self or my guides? that I could hear, that I could see? Did I see any symbols or words in my meditation with these crystals? And what did that mean for me at that time? So it was this huge kind of intuitive awakening, as well as a spiritual awakening. And at that time, it was it was really strange. I don't know if I've ever talked about this anywhere before. It seems like weird, but <laughs> <laughs> you're bringing it out. So I had all these really strange things happening with my physical body. I was having like weird tingling in my face. I was having these really strange physical sensations in my hands and in my feet. Sometimes I would feel like the whole top of my head was on fire. And I was really scared. I was super freaked out. I was going to the doctor trying to figure out if something was going on with me. At one time, I had someone tell me that I had early onset Parkinson's disease. I had like all these crazy medical tests done and no one could really pinpoint what was happening. And I started kind of talking about this just in my own little spiritual support circle And it was like everyone totally got what I was talking about and had been through similar things before. And I had this amazing woman who at the time was actually my business partner at my new age store. And she told me that when she had undergone this really big spiritual awakening and was pursuing this shamanic path, she had some really similar things happen. And she told me, you know, not to be afraid that what was happening is I was really opening up to my intuition and my third eye was opening and it was causing all of these really strange sensations in my face and in the top of my head because she explained our third eye isn't just located at the brow chakra center. It It's really this whole third eye mask that encompasses like a lot of your face and your head. And so a lot of these physical sensations I was experiencing were accompanying this intuitive awakening and this spiritual development. And I remember her telling me to read Autobiography of a Yogi and that 
I would really start to understand what was happening in my physical body as this spiritual awakening was happening. And I guess I, ha- as much as I was aware of the mind body spirit connection, even at that time, you know, I was still caught in that mindset trap of thinking there was something wrong with me. I was so scared. Mm. And it just, it was an interesting time in my life. And even sometimes now still, if I have this, you know, big spiritual breakthrough, it will be accompanied by some of these somewhat unexplainable physical symptoms. And the more I connect with people and talk to people, I find that they have similar things happen to them. So this idea of using or working with crystal tools for our own development is so at the core of who we are as humans and tapping into this oneness and this cosmic consciousness is there and it's accessible for all of us. But like bringing it back to your question, what's so special about crystals is that I think they accelerate this process. I think they make it more accessible, similar to psychedelics, right? Like there are all of these amazing natural tools here on earth for us. And I think that they're all in a way kind of calling us back home. And whether you find, you know, psychedelics to be that tool that you resonate and connect with that helps you find your way back to source, or whether that's crystals or herbs, like whatever it is, embrace that fully, because I think it's part of our human experience. Okay, so you just put psychedelics and crystals in the same sentence. And (laughs) to me, that makes sense on a lot of levels. And yet, from personal experience, you know, when I hold crystals and I've been connecting with them more and more, I definitely experience something. And lately I've been definitely having more visions and more visceral sensations, but it's not, see, I don't want to say one is more powerful than the other, but for me personal in my experience, it's still quite subtle. So am I doing something wrong? <laughs> We're totally not. So here's, here's my view of psychedelics. This is okay. You're so pulling stuff out of me. I've never even (laughs) talked about before. Correct. Okay. I have done psychedelics in my life many times, and I feel that psychedelics are an important tool for understanding who you are at your core and understanding how you fit into this world and getting that like zoomed out view of the universe. And it's so much more and powerful is like a weird word to use, but it is so much more powerful. It's like It's like taking a hundred crystal experiences and condensing (laughs) them down (laughs) into one thing. And I think that that has value. But for me personally, I haven't done psychedelics in a long time. I think that I personally had a hard time teasing out the meaning and the message. Like I was left with this residual feeling and this inner knowing and understanding when using psychedelics, but crystals help me kind of merge that world with my conscious mind in a different way. It's like taking that experience and slowing it down to a point where I can really think about it on a more conscious level. Hmm. So how do you do that? How do you personally work with crystals? And you know, what are some ways that you teach other people, especially those who are just getting into this work, to really connect with the crystals medicine? For me, this is really through meditation because it's all about your personal connection. So sometimes I will hold crystals in my hands while I meditate. And for me, this in this type of meditation, it really is not so much about a stilling of the mind, but about a turning inward, becoming really hyper aware of my body and my thoughts and where I'm at spiritually. And it's kind of like, holding a magnifying glass over yourself and really getting to look at what's going on in that present moment. So it's like making time stand still so that you can really focus on what's happening and put things into perspective. So I'll often just sit in my sacred space. I'll intuitively choose a crystal to work with if I'm feeling called to. But I also have this quartz sphere that I work with often And sometimes in my meditation, I'll even have eyes open and gaze into this sphere and let my eyes kind of go in and out of focus and just kind of lose myself in that interior landscape of this crystal and just allow things to come to me. I'll I'll at first start by focusing on my physical body and what parts of my body are calling my attention. 
what might need a little bit more love or care or nourishment? What sensations am I feeling and how do I interpret that? Am I feeling like electrical sensations in my body? Am I feeling warmth or coolness? Am I feeling heaviness? And really just evaluating and and over time coming to understand what these different sensations mean to me and how I can then take that information into my daily life and create a better self-care practice and a better wellness practice for my physical body. And then I'll turn my attention to my emotions and really get in touch with not how I'm feeling only right in that specific moment, because normally I feel pretty darn good (laughs) in that moment, but how I've been feeling lately and really understanding where those emotions are coming from and allowing myself that time and space to sit with this crystal that's there to support me energetically while I do a little bit of this personal exploration. And then I kind of turn my thoughts to the spiritual body and I think about, you know, what's important for me in terms of connecting with spirit, in terms of reconnecting to that idea of source energy. And that might be, you know, more time for meditation in my week. That might be allowing myself to focus on some kundalini yoga or practice some pranayama. It it really is going to be a little different for each person because this is such a personal and individualized practice. But I find by allowing myself that time to connect with my crystals through meditation and focus on these different aspects of self that sometimes feel so fractured, you know, between the physical, the mental and the spiritual, but really allowing time for those to come together and understand how interrelated they are and how I can work to bring them back into balance if I'm feeling out of alignment. That's really big for me. Then I'd say the other thing that I do most frequently is crystal grids. Because for me, it's something that is almost meditative in its process of creation. And sometimes I'll start creating a grid with a specific purpose or intention in mind. But often I don't. Often it's kind of this extension of my meditation where I'll gather together a lot of my crystals and just place them in different patterns and geometric arrangements. And, you know, I think Eric is really like the king of this, just allowing himself (laughs) to be in that flow, like seeing his creation process on Crystal Criminals has been so exciting because it's so much in alignment with the work that I do sometimes in my own spiritual practice. And then from there, like another thing that I do less frequently, but probably still like once a month is I'll actually do a crystal layout on myself. And this can be a little challenging, but I'll lay down usually on the floor in my sacred space. Some people like to do this in a bed or on a massage table. But when I'm doing this on myself, I I like to feel that connection with the earth. So I usually lay directly on the floor. I'll put a little pillow under my head, gather the crystals that I'm feeling called to use. And normally I just kind of scoop these up right before I start. I'll just look at anything that calls my attention visually does something stand out is there a color i'm attracted to or is there a stone that i've developed a really deep intimate relationship with that i want to incorporate into this layout and i'll place the crystals on and around my body and just lay in that energy and feel whatever shift is happening and sometimes this is noticeable right away and sometimes this is something that kind of plays out energetically over the next few weeks and it's like I've started that transformation, whatever it is that needed to happen. But it's not until a few weeks later that I really like understand and realize what the benefit of that healing session did for me. So that's how you work personally with crystals. What about crystal healing sessions with others? Can you tell me a little more of how that goes? Yeah. So when you're providing a crystal healing session for other people, it usually starts with the healer having a really candid and open conversation with the client and understanding why are they there today? Because sometimes we have those really surface reasons for reaching out for support from someone else. But the more you can have a little conversation about, you know, why someone is there and what their goals are for the session, the more you start to uncover maybe about what's going on underneath the surface, you know, what else has led up to that specific thing, that specific reason for them being there today. Because normally it's not just one thing. There's that thing that kind of pushed it over to the edge to the point where they really need help, but it's more than that. And so it usually starts with a little conversation. I like to ask my clients what their goals are for the session. So not just what brought you in today, 
But what would be your ultimate goal? What is it that you would really like to see as a takeaway? From that point, I start with a little clearing of my client's energy field. I love to use Palo Santo for that. It's my favorite. But if my client is fragrance sensitive or maybe has asthma, they can't be around the smoke, then I'll usually sweep their field with a large selenite wand. And this is so easy to do. It's something you can do for yourself. Anytime you feel a little emotionally chaotic, just hold a piece of selenite in your hand, start up toward the top of your head and sweep any unwanted energy out of your field as you pass that crystal through your aura, from your head down toward your toes. And I kind of do this on all sides of the body to remove any energy that's not for our highest good. A lot of times we you know, frame things in terms of positive or negative. Really, energy is just energy. And there's energy that's there and it's for your highest good and your, your energy body is using it to its full capability. And then there's energy that's really just kind of excess, it's debris, it's cluttering things up and clogging up your connection with the universe and with the outside world. So the intention for this clearing of the energy field is to remove any of that excess energy. And from there, I'll usually start with a little bit of chakra balancing, checking in the chakras. I'll either scan with my hands or use a pendulum to see how the chakras are spinning and functioning. Are they overactive, underactive? How can I bring them back into balance? And this is because the chakra centers have such a large influence on all parts of our physical and emotional and spiritual well-being. After I've kind of brought the energy body back into a state of balance, through that clearing and chakra balancing, that's when I start to address whatever the specific issue is that someone wanted to address. So if that is, say, some chronic pain, or if it's something emotional, I may be called to use different crystals depending on that specific issue. And that comes from both kind of my rational mind and my knowledge of crystals and how they can be utilized and what their properties are, as well as really tuning into that intuition. Sometimes I'll even ask the client if there's a specific crystal that they'd like to incorporate into their session or let them choose one from the crystals I have available that they feel called to. That way you're really kind of tailoring things specific to what that person may need as well as kind of your view of what might be most useful or helpful. So from there, I place the crystals on and around the body. And again, sometimes I'll use a traditional layout that I've seen be really beneficial for clients over and over and over again in a variety of people. But a lot of times it's kind of a combination of this mixed with intuitive placement based on the specific issue the client is there for. After I place the clients on and around the body, the session can really take a lot of different directions. Some people may need to be led through a guided meditation or a shamanic journey. Some people may need to just be there in silence and be present in that moment and have some space held for them to do their own healing. Some people may need some additional techniques brought in like aromatherapy or reflexology or acupressure. It really kind of just depends on that specific person and their individual energy. But that's the thing I love about crystals is they can be combined with so many other holistic healing arts and so many other modalities that kind of allow for this combination of energies. So while someone is in the layout, you could do Reiki, you could offer massage, you could um, diffuse some essential oils. It's really up to you and your client and determining what would be for their highest good. Do you still take on private clients? It's very rare. (laughs) It's very, very rare. I couldn't for about the last two years because I was so busy with the school. But just this year, we finally have a space. Actually, May 5th was when I um, started having space to offer sessions again. So it's not something I really put out there a lot, but if someone is in really desperate need, then yeah, I'll usually make an exception. It's the same thing for me with um, social media and brand consulting. Yeah. I know it's there. I know it helps people. I love doing it, but with all the things I'm running and launching, it's just like, I'm not even putting it out there and people are still finding it because, and when someone comes to me, most of the times I feel like there's a reason for it and it needs to happen. 
Yeah, I feel you on that. But all this talk is actually making me want to, once we are completed recording, I'm going to go knock on Eric's door and ask him to do a layout on me because I've been feeling a little stressed out and anxious. So I'm going to just ask him with that intention to feel peace and ease to lay some crystals on my body as I lay down for like a 10 minute meditation. So thank you for that inspiration. Oh, it just feels so good. It just, it gives that space to take a breath and, and reconnect with yourself. So I hope you'll really enjoy that. I'll let you know for sure. So if you were to explain how do crystals actually work on an energetic and physical level in 60 seconds or less, what would you say? So crystals are amazing because they have this regularly repeating atomic blueprint. They have this crystalline structure to them that is completely perfect. It's completely orderly. And so if you think about our own energy field, which is constantly fluctuating, from internal thoughts, emotions, outside sources, it's not perfect and stable. So by taking that perfect structure of the crystal and bringing it into our own energy field, it provides something for the energy field to mimic. The energy field naturally wants to come into alignment and into harmony with something that's more stable. So our body begins to go through the process of entrainment and actually match or mimic that vibration of the crystal. And this is the core concept of how crystals work. But there are other things that come into play, like a crystal's ability to store and transmit and send energy and amplify it. And sometimes also the frequency of light and color. So there are a lot of different viewpoints on how exactly this works. But the main thing is that idea of that perfect stable structure of the crystal being kind of a beacon for our own energy body to reflect. Guys, just do it. If you're not into crystals, yes, just go pick one up at a store or ask a friend to give you one. Usually the ones that you're meant to work with just find their way to you and the other way around. When you're complete working with them, I find that I'm always drawn to give them to other people. And when I started following that, I've been feeling so much more in flow and empowered because crystals do have that intelligence that is impossible to explain on a lot of levels. But I am getting more and more inspired to go deeper into my work thanks to this conversation. But I want to get back to business. If you, Ashley, were to draw two lines, one is your own personal spiritual journey and evolution and awakening. And then the second line is your business your online courses, hiring people, what would you see some correlations are on how your personal state, your energetic state, your energetic and spiritual state, how do they impact your business? I would say they're so incredibly directly connected. For me, I can always tell, you know, if something is off in your business, of course, you're going to feel that emotionally, right? It's natural for us to get a little stressed out or worried if something isn't working quite right in our business. But the reverse is also true. If I'm not in balance personally, I see that actually come out in my business. I th- see things get a little chaotic, things start to be, you know, get missed or overlooked. And I think that some of the the biggest things that I can draw in terms of comparisons are the need for heart-centeredness. And for me, that's been something that's been ongoing. I'm a Sagittarius. I have a fiery personality. I'm prone to like impatience and a little bit of a temper. So for me, it's always about returning to the heart and really trying to be mindful of coming from a place of compassion and empathy and understanding. And that has become so important in my business as well because it's interesting to have a business in the healing arts community, you know, uh, it's, it's strange to think about some of the core concepts of business that are important, like sales and marketing, but also knowing that you have this business that primarily is connected with people's spirituality. And so how do you draw that line between running a successful business and being able to, you know, do all these things that we're used to doing while still maintaining that connection to heart and still maintaining that connection to people. And for me, that's kind of at the core of everything we do. We kind of try to look through it from that perspective. And so I think that's the the biggest comparison between the two in my life is that not only do I crave that in my business, but it's something I kind of strive for in my everyday. So your first business partner was Crystal's. 
And now you have how many people working with you? Let's see. So on my team, I have a project manager who is also our community support manager. And then I have my digital marketer. And she has an in-house graphic designer and a few different social experts that contribute and help out with ideas for how we can improve our social. And then we have a web developer and a web designer. And we occasionally work with some branding experts, some copywriters, although that's like maybe once a year. It's an ever-expanding team. And the interesting thing is that I also have this bricks and mortar metaphysical store, a little new age shop, and the two businesses just over the past year or so have really merged together. So I have a full-time shipping manager to fulfill our physical product orders. And then I have my amazing staff at Mimosa that includes a manager and four employees. Wow, that's a a lot of responsibility, right? It is. (laughs) It's one thing to just, I tend to just do everything myself. It takes me a lot of energy and trust to get people on my team and to delegate because I'm the kind of person who can do 90% of things myself, if not 100%. And what was your journey from that first hire to where you are now? Yeah, this is such a weird thing to even think about. So I did start doing everything myself. I mean, I totally bootstrapped everything in the beginning. I built my own website. I learned how to code things in HTML. Like I never thought I would do that. But at that time, I didn't have a choice. So I taught myself about sales and marketing. I took lots of business training. I read tons of books. But I started out by actually just hiring an intern through the University of Wisconsin, here where I live. Her name was Mildred, and she was amazing. She was a marketing student, and she helped me get my my feet wet with social media. And because I was just so overwhelmed at the time, the thought of you know adding social content into what I was already doing for the school all by myself was challenging. But she was amazing and really kind of gave me the, the confidence to go forward with that. And when she decided to go back to school for her master's degree, I was in need of some help. So I hired a virtual assistant and it started really slow, that relationship. I was mostly just having her work on data entry and things that were really time consuming for me, but that really anyone could do with a little training. So that's a Lucy who lives in New Zealand and she's actually now my digital marketing maven. I mean, she's so amazing. She's grown so much in her business. She's actually no longer a virtual assistant because she really found her passion for advertising and and marketing. And she's amazing. So she's been with me for, oh my goodness, probably like four years now. And so she really grew with the business at the same time that things were really unfolding. And for us, we developed such a strong relationship that way because we were kind of both growing this business together. And honestly, I could not have done it without her. And just a few years ago, we worked with a launch coordinator because we were turning my crystal healing certification program from an evergreen program to one that was open for enrollment just a couple times a year. And that launch coordinator was so helpful and gave us so many useful tools. And then we kind of really took her advice and crafted it to match up with our message and with our tribe and our community and our offerings. And that was really fun. And having someone else who really understood the business in the way that Lucy did was invaluable for me because I I really loved that idea of being able to bounce ideas off of someone. And from there, like it actually, that encouraged me to join a business mastermind group for a little while and then later seek out a business coach just to have someone to talk things through with. And, you know, that was something I wish I had done in my career a lot sooner than I did. I think as much as I value really understanding and being able to jump into any part of my business and being able to do it myself. I wish I had gotten that outside support a little sooner than I did because my business was growing so fast and it was really hard to keep up. And I had a few really stressful years. And, you know, now with everyone that we have involved on the team, it's really freed me up to spend my time focused on more of the creative aspect of things. And although we still have weekly team meetings about strategy and sales and marketing and big projects that we want to accomplish, everything seems to flow so much more. We're able to offer so much more to our community, kind of having everyone be involved. And it was definitely a trust thing. Like you said, like it is easier sometimes to do things yourself, but 
there was a lot of value for me in, I think, taking the time to really cultivate these relationships that have lasted years now. Even our project manager and community manager, Lauren, has been with us, I think, a little over two years now. So it's, you know, I really value relationships. And I think in business, the most important thing is like, being good to your people, whether that's your customers or your team, like in a way you can't do it without any of those people. And so that's like really, really important to me developing these deep relationships. And in fact, this is weird, but I've never even met Lauren or Lucy in person, even though I've known them for years. Wow. They're some of my very best friends. And we just planned our first team retreat for this October. We're going to meet up in Maui and have like a week long little business powwow. We rented an Airbnb and I just can't wait for that. That sounds so divine. That's going to be amazing. Wow. Are going to baby goat yoga? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. I know I got to let you go in a few minutes, but if that's okay, I have just a couple more questions that I'm just so curious about. Sure. So the first one is you just mentioned, you know, a lot of the effort and energy and love goes into producing digital content and social media. And on your YouTube, you have almost a million views, which is a big deal. So what role has social media played in your crystal business? Yeah, for our business, it's really interesting. I think social media, more than anything, has been a way to connect with our customers. I mean, Facebook used to be a great place to deliver content that we don't find that so much anymore. So we've really scaled back how much we're posting on Facebook. And it used to be, you know, this huge push to just publish content every day, multiple times a day. And now we only post things a couple times a week. And honestly, for us, we found that's a much better pace for our community and our tribe. Everyone kind of gets a chance to see what we're putting out that way. But Facebook groups has been huge for us. We have a private student group for our community. And this is where I get to make the really deep connections with people. And that's one thing I did feel in the beginning of transitioning my business from doing in-person local workshops and retreats to going online was, you know, I was missing a lot of that. At first, I was really just communicating with people through email. And you don't always get that deep connection that you do when you're involved with someone in a group and especially in like a private Facebook group where people can share a little bit more openly and intimately knowing that it is private to just like-minded people. And that has been, I think my favorite part of using social media in our business. But other than that, just in the past couple months, we've really been diving into Instagram a little bit more. And I think that has allowed me to show a little bit more of myself and get a little bit more authentic with people than I ever felt like Facebook was. Of course, the group is different because that is so intimate. It is really genuine and authentic. But Instagram is like so fun because it almost gives you permission to just be yourself in every way possible, whether that's through posts on your page or stories. And it's just been a tool to kind of reach out and get to, I guess, share the core of what's behind our brand. And I never really thought of myself as the brand until fairly recently. But in a way, like Love and Light as a school is based on everything that I value and believe in. And so it does kind of get to come through in a really fun and interesting way over on Insta. Oh, how excited you are about that. So that actually perfectly leads us into my next question that I ask every guest. What is making you feel most woke right now? The thing that is making me feel most woke right now is taking care of my body. So I have like just started meal planning my week. And I know this has nothing to do with crystals, but I feel like such a freaking goddess when I'm eating right and taking good care of myself. And this is like totally embarrassing, but I've put on like 15 pounds in the past year, which is crazy. And I was honestly was not eating right. I have a love affair with chocolate. It's like a serious problem in my life. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just made a huge batch of this pearl butter, coconut butter, cacao butter chocolate with all the adaptogens and it's hard to stop. Oh, that sounds so good though. See, but that is so much better than like eating half a chocolate bar. You know what I mean? So I've just been really working for the past few months on starting every day with a luscious, luscious smoothie bowl and making sure that my dinners are planned out and that I can really nourish and take care of myself. And I can't even tell you, I haven't, I haven't really lost any weight yet, but I 
feel so much better. I'm so much more energized and excited about my day, which I think is coming through both in my personal life and in my business. Like a year ago, I would not have had the energy to do all the amazing stuff we're doing now. So for me, this has like totally shifted my perspective. Wow. I feel like we have to do a whole other episode on how Ashley Levy takes care of her body. <laughs> we all want to feel that way. You know, I was feeling that way a couple of weeks ago when I did, we both, Eric and I did the clean program, the 21 day elimination, elimination program. And now I'm kind of a little bit dipping back into normal ways of eating and I don't feel as light and amazing. So thank you for that reminder too. So okay. as we're wrapping up, Ashley, is there anything else that you would like to share that I didn't ask you about? You know, I just really want to encourage everyone, if you are even a little bit interested in crystals, give yourself permission to go out there, work with a few, and just play. You know, don't put any rules or restrictions or judgments on it. Just allow yourself the experience of connecting with a stone. And whether that's through silent meditation or just carrying one around in your pocket or wearing one in jewelry. Find a way that kind of is easy and simple for you. And I promise you're going to have an amazing experience. So just allow yourself to be open and, and give yourself permission to experience it to its fullest. Yes. And what's the best way to connect with you? So the best way is just on our website at loveandlightschool.com. You can find links to all of our social channels there. There's also great blog posts, articles, and podcasts every week, as well as some amazing videos. So I hope while you're there, you find some interesting stuff and you'll stay in touch. Yes, for sure. And Ashley, as you were talking about food, I was thinking, have I sent you a heart bowl yet? It would be so perfect for your smoothie bowls. Oh my gosh, I would love a heart bowl. Oh, done. Okay. I'm going to get your address <laughs> from Eric. That's coming your way. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for being with me. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends, leave a review, and find all the show notes on wokeandwired.com and connect with me on Instagram at wokeandwired. Stay woke, stay wired, and have an incredible day.